So you have fancy coffee and I'm an old lady. Facing room. That's going to be our intro. Welcome to Queer <laughs> Halftime. My name is Becca. I use she, they pronouns. And I'm here with the super cool Kelsey. My name is Kelsey. I also use she, they pronouns. And hi, hello. Good morning. Hello. Um, so we, now that we've kind of come down from the excitement of having two super cool guests and it's just back to the two of us to just chat on a Friday morning. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We're not as cool and exciting, but this is what you get. So I think we're pretty cool. Um, yeah. so our concept of the week, just based on, these are always just based on conversations I've had throughout the week and things that have come up. So it is, uh, white feminism which we've mm. kind of in a way touched on a little bit before with our talk of intersectionality um, that we had with Angel. And I don't know, a lot of people hear it and get kind of offended in sort of the same way they do with toxic masculinity. And it's um, like, it's a certain brand that we're talking about. We're not talking about like all white people or feminism or masculine people. Like, so white feminism is basically only caring about the things that affect white, you know, upper middle class, able-bodied, heterosexual women. Cisgender. Cisgender as well. Yeah. 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 So it's, you know, some of these people will even argue that racism isn't their problem, that they don't have to worry about that. They're only focused on women. But of course, as we all know, you know, women have a diverse range of experiences based on a ton of different factors. So um, we prefer a more inclusive form of intersectional feminism. Yeah. I mean, what's a movement if you're standing up for one population and ignoring the, like the existence of another, right? Like it's kind of a cop out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so that was just something that kind of came up this week that I wanted to just super quickly address. Um, And I want to keep that quick because Kelsey and I have a lot to talk about today. We have thoughts. Um, We have a lot of thoughts. We have thoughts. So (laughs) yesterday I had a really amazing meeting with a teacher and her student who has recently come out as trans. Um, And, you know, he's feeling kind of isolated, you know, like so many kids are during COVID. So... I just got on and talked to them and answered some of his questions uh, and gave the teacher some information to pass along to the mom who was really supportive. Uh, And then after, you know, the student left the call and, you know, the teacher and I were talking and she was wondering how she can better support, you know, not just this kid, but all kids who come out to her or who maybe, you know, questioning. Um, And she was doing amazing. If you're listening, because I shouted out the podcast to her, you're doing great. (laughs) So we want to talk, yeah, about teachers, coaches, parents, um, you know, religious figures, if they're in an affirming ministry, like how they can support the youth in their life who may be coming to them as, you know, a safe adult or how they can kind of emphasize that they are a safe person to come out to. So yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, I think it's a super important topic. We get approached all the time by always by people that are doing phenomenal jobs because it's always the people that are really, really trying that come to us and they're like, I don't think I'm doing enough. And it's like the fact that you're having that conversation 
shows that you're doing more than the vast majority of the population for these kids, right? And it's important to acknowledge that and stay grounded in that because you can get beat down quickly when supporting this community. (laughs) So it's really important just to like talk about this. And people are always asking us like, how do you do this? And what does this look like? And a lot of times it's more simple than you think. And, you know, like it's kind of cooler that we get to have this conversation on a broad spectrum so that the people that we meet can kind of like circle back and just listen instead of having to put themselves in a vulnerable position all the time. Cause sometimes that sucks. Yeah. So the first thing I told her, um, just to kind of reaffirm and everything is there have been multiple studies on, um, you know, having a safe adult for Mm -hmm. queer kids and especially trans kids. Mm -hmm. And stats show that having just one safe adult not only has a positive impact on mental health, but it massively decreases the risk of Mm -hmm. self-harm and other, you know, dangerous coping methods. Um, So yeah, if you are that safe person, you're already doing such a good job. So we're going to teach you how you can do even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the other things this teacher was doing that I was really excited about is when she read books with the students, she's an elementary school teacher. She got books um, that showed a variety of different families and relationships because she also has Muslim students, students of color. Uh, So Mm -hmm. she tries to get really diverse ones. There was one with two dads or one with Mm -hmm. like, you know, parents of different ethnicities and things like Mm -hmm. that. So that's really exciting to see that it's not just mom and dad who are both white with the picket fence. And And that's such an easy place to start without really having to do any explaining yourselves. If you're like Mm -hmm. dealing with young kids in that age group, sometimes you're like, how do I do this in a child-friendly way? And books like that they do it for you. Like I'm a child and youth care worker. And it's like, this is, that's what these books are for. It's so you don't have to have these conversations right from the get-go. You just kind of ingrain them into your kids' lives. And then it's normal, right? Exactly. And that's all we want to be is normal. So. <laughs> yeah. So there's just little things like that that you can do to normalize it. Same with using gender neutral language mm-hmm. uh, wherever you can. So instead of hi, boys and girls, it's, you know, good morning, everyone. Howdy, folks. <laughs> hey, friends. Hey, friends. Yeah, we use that one a lot. It's Kelsey's yeah. fault. I Every time I talk to someone, I'm like, hey, friend. I'm telling you, I am everybody's friend. That's And that's yeah, always true. my justification. It's like, if I see you on the street, this is what I'm going to say. So I may as well just say it to the group you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So gender neutral language. Um, yep. One thing that I've talked to a lot of teachers that they've been doing is they know to ask preferred names and for kids pronouns Uh, but one thing I would add to that is a question of whether they can use these in front of other teachers and especially Mm -hmm. in front of the kids parents or guardians Mm -hmm. Uh, because teachers for a lot of us you know if you have an unsafe home or an unsupportive home environment and you have a super cool teacher you're probably going to come out to them first far before your parents right so just knowing kind of whether or not you can use this kid's new name or their pronouns in front of their parents, you know, at parent teacher conferences and things like that, Mm -hmm. just to help keep them safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because kids unfortunately get outed all the time. Um, And we're Kelsey's, I see the look on your face, Kelsey, we're getting to that. Don't worry. (laughs) 
So kids get outed all the time. And luckily, you know, some kids, they have a safe home environment. So it's just, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but it can also just be really dangerous for other kids. If they don't have a supportive home environment, you know, a lot of kids get kicked out or worse. Um, And I know Kelsey's been dying to talk about schools that force teachers to out students. So just go ahead before you burst. I think like, yeah, when we were talking about this episode, this topic went really in line with all of the shit, sorry, crap that's going on in the States with the don't say gay bills, right? Um, that is something that people like we we've been getting emails being like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like that's impactful. Those emails normally are coming from service providers that kind of understand how that trickles down. Um, what we're also seeing is that these things, you know, they're impacting our kids. And a lot of people, specifically parents, are kind of like, well, why? Like it's not happening in Canada. And I don't know how to explain it other than these things trickle down and these ideologies trickle down. I'll tell you that on the Out Loud Facebook page, we boost posts every once in a while and these posts get attention and like sometimes get hate. And the amount of hate that I have been filtering off of these posts for the past, since that don't say gay bill is actually astronomical considering we're in Canada and it doesn't really affect us, right? And you can see the difference. You look back to like December and we were boosting posts or November even we were boosting posts and I would get maybe one or two comments. I would get a lot of direct messages, but now we're just getting bombarded with comments on these posts. Like one today was like, keep that satanic crap where it belongs. And I was like, that is deep (laughs) friend you know and like they go out of their way to kind of make it known and every time I want to I go to hide the comments and I want to comment back and be like what you're impacting here is children because I don't care like I'll press hide what Mm. you're in what you're doing is hurting the kids that happen to see this in the three hours before I wake up because you're in a different time zone like Yeah. I love when people call it satanic. And I like a lot of times, like I wear, you know, pentagrams and I've got a belt with like Baphomet on it and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. For some of us. Yeah. (laughs) But But, like Becca, explain this whole don't say gay, because you know me, I'm a lot, I'm a lot of opinions and, but I don't articulate what's actually going on in the world as well. So so. Uh, specifically the one called don't say gay is in Florida. Uh, and it basically makes it so, you know, if kids have same sex parents, they can't mention that if a teacher is, uh, married to, you know, someone of their same gender, they can't mention that, um, you know, you can't mention sexuality or gender. Um, you literally just can't say gay. Like it's, it's very self-explanatory bill. Um, And the problem with these, and there's a similar one in Texas that affects trans kids um, and basically classifies um, getting treatment for your trans child, be it puberty blockers, hormone replacement therapy, uh, or going even further um, towards surgery, which isn't common under 18 anyway. Um, I don't even know doctors that will do it under 18. No. But, uh, you know, conservatives like to make laws about things that aren't problems. (laughs) Uh, basically it classifies that as child abuse. 
and they have to be investigated by child services. So the problem with these bills is, yes, they are happening hundreds and hundreds of kilometers away from us, but they set a precedent, right? And that's the real danger is there is now one place where this is a law. So then it makes it easier for another place to make it a law. And we're talking about, you know, normalizing things in our community, but it goes the other way as well, right? So this helps normalize those negative homophobic, transphobic feelings that people have, and it validates them, right? We've been seeing, especially over COVID, people getting more divided, right? And people getting more entrenched in their beliefs, um, especially as people have been isolated from actual in-person communities and have been turning to online communities. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really easy to get into an echo chamber and get really, really entrenched in your beliefs. And I could get super like insider baseball politicky here and talk about the Overton window um, and things like that, but I won't, but Google Overton (laughs) window, it's very interesting. Um, It's basically what um, constitutes acceptable discourse, right? And so the civil rights movement and things like that pulled it to the left Right. So now we're allowed to talk about race and we can talk about all these things and equality. Um, And then recently it's been getting pulled further and further to the right. So all right people, um, their beliefs have become more normalized. For instance, in Canada, we have the People's Party of Canada now, which is very, very like social conservative right wing. Um, Yeah, it's (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts about the PPC. But yeah, so basically that trickle down thing that Kelsey was talking about is basically the normalization and validation of these really harmful beliefs that hurt our community in general, but especially our youth. Um, And it normalizes these kind of rules being in schools and that schools are not a place to talk about these things. So we're really trying to combat that. And there are some really amazing, you know, people who are care for youth, like teachers, coaches, et cetera, who Mm -hmm. want to counteract that and make sure that they are a safe person. So that's kind of what's happening in the States and the effect that it's having. (laughs) You articulated that exactly the way that (laughs) I would have if I could articulate it. Honestly, it's so important like you don't need to know absolutely everything that's going on in our neighbors to the south right yep okay thank you um so you don't need to know absolutely everything you don't need to know absolutely every detail but being aware that this stuff is going on this close we talk all the time about how gay marriage is only legal in or same-sex marriage is only legal in 31 countries And there's a lot of countries in the world. Um, So that's like a lot of other countries that it's not legal in. I think it's like like over 90 something. Yeah. So there's like 160 something countries that you like, I can't marry my partner. Yeah. And you think that it's so far detached because we're in Canada and oh my gosh, like we have money and colonialism and we're just living the life, but it's not like, it's not at all. And queer people often are put in situations where they have to like if you're planning a honeymoon as a queer person and you're like oh I want to travel like you google where you can safely travel and where where it's legal to be 
in your relationship where I can hold hands with my partner walking down the road without having to get like worry about getting stoned. And that's like an actual fear for people. And it is way worse for the gay male community than it is for the lesbian community, obviously. But like you really, a lot of times you don't think about these issues. And now it's like, how safe is it for me to go to Florida? (laughs) You know, like, because at the time, a little while ago, I was like, okay, so where are the places I'm not going? Like, I'm probably can't go to like Saudi Arabia. That's probably not going to be the safest place for me. Right. Like gay marriage is not legal there. So where, but I can go travel to the States and I can go to Florida and Hawaii and Texas, but now you can't. Right. And like the ideologies that come attached to these bills it really validates those really dangerous thoughts and crime rates go up. Like just because they're saying you can't say gay in a school doesn't mean it's making it safer to be gay on the street. Right. Like, yeah, it's really unfortunate. It's really wild that all you hear about is people being like the people that are against the queer movement or queer people talk about a lot about how, why is everything about sex? And like being gay is only about sex. And it's like, this isn't about sex. This is like these, this is about children being able to talk about their parents in class. Yeah. And I mean, you get that all the time, right? It's pushing it onto children and they're too young and they're all these things. But I mean, we've talked before about, you know, the weird heteronormativity that people push onto babies with like weird, like onesies and like, stuff like that right um yeah sorry I'm trying to remember I was gonna make a really good point (laughs) it'll come back to me I'll figure it it out (laughs) it will yeah oh yeah that's what I was gonna say it's about sex ed so there is a push for people to start Uh, teaching, I mean, more comprehensive sex ed, first of all, that involves Mm -hmm. things like different genders and, you know, non-procreative sex. Yeah. Um, But also to start teaching certain things younger, right? So there was a school teaching consent to kindergartners and people lost their minds, right? But they're not talking about (laughs) It's completely divorced from sex. It's, you know, consent for kindergartners is, can I hug my friend? Oh, they don't want to hug. Oh, okay. I have to respect that. Right. Or teaching, you know, very young elementary school kids, the actual like proper names for their penis Mm. or their vagina. Um, But the thing is, we've done studies and kids knowing about that stuff actually decreases their likelihood to be victimized um, by, you know, older predators because they know what things are called and they know what is and isn't appropriate. Mm-hmm. Right. And they know that, you know, Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Right. So it's totally, yeah. It's actually really important for kids to know things. Absolutely. Like you have to treat kids like tiny humans and that's what they should be to you because they are tiny humans. Like, yes, they're still developing and stuff, but it kind of just expecting them not to be aware of, these things is it's naive on your part and it's opening the door to just allow other people to teach them and that's not what you want right like Mm -hmm. if you can control these educational pieces and do them appropriately and safely and correctly why wouldn't you you know 
right? And that's the thing, right? Like there's there's always, it's always the call of think of the children, right? That's always mm-hmm. the rallying cry is think of the children. What about the children? And it's all people, you know, professing to be worried about their safety and wanting to protect them from predators. But again, if you wanted to do that, studies show that kids knowing that it's not a front bottom, it's a vulva. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they know that that is, you know, like a private place and other strangers shouldn't touch it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then, yeah. They have, it gives them the language, right? Instead of having to go to court and have the doll about where did the stranger touch you? Like, well, and that, like, yeah, in a past and, life. Sorry, I'm I, saying stranger, nope. but statistically it's. It's not yeah. a stranger. Yeah. In a past life, I worked for a long-term, I don't even think we've ever talked about this, but I worked for a long-term treatment facility for children who had gone through the court system for child sexual abuse cases. Um, and when they came in to the treatment facility that I was working for, one of the first things that happened was that education piece. And they were very young children, but I will tell you, like, they knew things that you shouldn't, like, that I wouldn't even have known at the age that I was, and I was 25 at the time working there, and things that I didn't even know. And other people had exposed them to that, and parents were really, at that point, regretful, and they were sad, and they were like, I wish I had taught my kid the real terminology, so when they came to me and said something it kind of clicked quicker, you know, because a lot of times you just, you got to like, you have to give kids the language to be able to stick up for themselves. And it's right. Yeah. When things are cloaked in this like childish kind of euphemism, it's a lot easier to take advantage of that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, molestation. It's this other totally innocent thing. That's totally normal. And it's yeah, it's a really dangerous road to go down. Absolutely. And that's why we like, that's why we want to talk about these things in schools, right? Because that is the place that we should educate kids. That is the place, like if you have a kid that can't talk about having two moms in school, but maybe there's abuse going on at home, which yes, abuse happens within the queer community too. Like you'll, you'll never know, right? Because it's not even safe for that kid to talk about having two moms so why would they talk about what might be going on between the two moms right like it's these things have real lifelong impacts on kids and families and they really prevent people and parents and kids from getting the support they deserve like if you're in a crappy situation you deserve to be able to get help without being worried about being discriminated against because of who you're going to bed with at night you know like Mm -hmm. Yeah, it also has a huge effect on mental health as Mm -hmm. well, right? I mean, it adds to that othering that we've, you know, talked about. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but just the two of us have talked about it a lot. Yeah. Um, That when you other groups, it makes it really, really dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of start to separate them from what normal is. And then that goes down the road of separating them from what human is and Mm -hmm you know, people start saying, where's the line? It's like, there shouldn't be a line. And othering is when it comes to what's human and what's not. Yeah. And othering is different than providing people resources exclusive to the experience that they're, that they're having. Right. So it's like, I have had people come up to me and be like, well, like 
when you talk about othering, like, are you othering your own community by having queer youth groups? It's like, that's no, because that is not what that means. Like providing a queer exclusive resource is a lot different than isolating this community to, you know what I mean? Yeah, like to so a othering is basically there's this group of normal people and then this is what's not normal. And in really extreme cases, it's a tool for some really horrible atrocities, right? Othering is what, Mm -hmm. it's a key ingredient in genocide, right? Like it's taken to its extreme, it's extremely dangerous. Absolutely. And even in less extreme cases, you know, it can increase cases of bullying or assault or things like that because- Right. There's normal. There's not normal. There's human. There's less than. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a dangerous kind of road to start down. It is. It super is. And it's mind blowing that like the bills that create that othering are actually getting passed. And like these laws are actually getting traction. So, Mm -hmm. so what can you do like as a teacher, as a support worker, as a coach, as a whatever, like say gay like really like (laughs) well really and like you can I mean even having like a little progressive pride flag sticker on your door like to your classroom you know just showing like hey this is I acknowledge that gay people exist and I am a safe person right so just kind of anything you can do to reinforce that because I guarantee like queer kids notice And they notice when you use gender neutral language and they notice when you use someone's pronouns, like it's, it's amplified to us. Like if Kelsey and I go somewhere and somebody says, Hey ladies, I'm immediately like, like, I notice it. That doesn't slip by. Yeah. You're rolling your eyes. (laughs) Yeah. And like, we get corrected, right? Like we'll be at group. And like, sometimes I use guys. I hate when I do that, but like, it's a really bad one for me. And like the kids will kind of look at us like, man. So that's another thing, right? Like show these kids that you are willing to take accountability. Show them that like, if I get it wrong, correct me, please. Like, don't be super apologetic. Yeah, and I won't get offended or angry. It's a quick, thanks. And then you move on. Like, you know, like just like be accountable and don't be offended when they correct you because it's not about you. And that's like, that's the only thing that we can drive home is that like when you do get the angry queer or the angry queer kid, it's not about you. Like it's about everything else going on in that kiddo's life. And you just happen to be like the straw that broke the camel's back in a way. So just be, show that you are safe and be ready for them to lash out every once in a while. And the consistency of being there and saying, you know what, you're right. That was a total dick move of me. I won't do it again. Yeah. Like I do that all the time at group all the time. Becca and I are apologizing being like, Oh shit. Oh crap. Like, you know, like, because we're, we know that we're not perfect and the kids know we're not perfect. And that's what makes us safer people to them is that we will stand up and we will be accountable when we do something wrong. Absolutely. And like that accountability piece is so huge and just like also just going to bat for them like does your school have bullying policies are those bullying policies specific enough to include gender Mm -hmm. and sexuality 
Like, are they enforced? I know a lot of schools that have a zero tolerance bullying policy that is not enforced whatsoever, right? Is there education for teachers, but also students? Like we talked about sex ed, is there education about different genders and things? Because again, when you're not allowed to say that some people are gay and you're not allowed to normalize it, kids are going to think, you know, some kids will think it's weird if all they ever see is straight mm-hmm. cisgender relationships and they only see, you know, same sex mm-hmm. relationships as weird and abnormal. Like it's going to lead to bullying. And it does. So, you know, are you educating mm-hmm. people? Yeah. We does. get calls <laughs> all the time from parents that are like, I had a, my eight-year-old stood up to a kid in his class that you said that something was gay and is now being bullied every day at school. And it's like, this isn't even a kid in the queer community. This is just a eight-year-old that understands that using the word gay as a derogatory term is wrong. So like, think if yeah. that kid was queer, he's not going to come out now. Like, dear Lord, I wouldn't come out after being bullied just for standing yeah. up against that. Right. So like you, a lot of schools think that they're great. And like, I've sat down with a lot of schools in the area that we work in. Um, and I've met a lot of people and we do hear a lot about how, oh, we're trying and oh, we're trying, but it's like, you have to reach out to com- to agencies like ours, like places like Out Loud and ask us, like, what are the kids here saying? Like when the kids come to group, what are they saying? What are their experiences? Because they compare notes on teachers. They compare notes on They schools. do. They compare notes on students and we hear it all. Like, oh yeah, no, we hear about who are the safe teachers and who absolutely are not, mm-hmm. right? We hear comparisons of schools bullying policies. Like it's- And yeah. they know the yeah, policies. And just, so you should know the policies. Yeah, and just kind of on that education note, like, you know, do a little Googling, right? You can find a lot of info on the internet about different sexualities and how to use different pronouns and different genders. And like, we get a lot of questions, you know, about hormones and binders and things like that and parents having concerns, which is fair, right? And so just being able to, you know, even just pass on a little Mm -hmm. info to parents, right? Like we get parents of young trans boys whose kids want to bind and they're like, oh, you know, I have concerns, right? Just so if you are a parent, let me just say it like buying an actual binder, it can be expensive, uh, but it is a lot safer than homemade ones, Mm -hmm. right? And if you are a kid, do not layer sports bras. Do not use adhesives like duct tape or ACE bandages. Do not use like tensor bandages. Like If you can't get a binder, just use like a sports bra. Or come to Out Loud and we will get you a binder. Like, yeah. I mean, we have listeners outside of Alberta though. I know. Travel (laughs) to us. Travel. Travel all the way from Australia, you person in Melbourne. Yeah. Which, hello. How's the weather? Actually, it's probably like fall there, right? I don't know. I don't know how the world works. Their seasons are reversed. Anyway. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so homemade binders can be really dangerous. They can mess with your breathing, with your ribs. They can mess with your spine, cause pain. Um, 
cause problems for the skin, like rashes and tearing and things like that. So really, yeah, a sports bra, it won't necessarily give you the effect you're looking for, but it's, it's better than nothing. And if you can get a binder, you know, don't size down, Mm -hmm. make sure. I think the recommendation is that you can slip two fingers in between the band and your skin, um, just to allow for comfortable breathing. Um, don't wear it when you're working out or when you're sleeping, make sure you give your body a break. Um, yeah, that's just some basic tips. Totally important, important to know. Yeah. And then the other one we get a lot of questions are, is hormones getting young kids on hormones, which a lot of parents, you know, are really reticent to do, which totally makes sense. You know, you probably don't want to put your 12 year old on hormone replacement therapy. Um, but a good alternative is puberty blockers, mm-hmm. right. And, you know, they are safe, they are reversible, right. And basically just all they do is stop puberty. Yeah either before it happens or in its tracks, depending on how old the kid is at the time. So if, you know, they're still figuring things out and you want to give them a little bit of time to really cement, is this something Mm -hmm. I want to do? Then yeah, you can, if they're young enough, you can get them on puberty blockers and it can really help with, you know, trans boys not developing breasts or not developing them Mm -hmm. as much. Um, It can stop menstruation for trans girls. It can stop their voice from lowering. Uh, and stop the growth of facial hair. So they can be really, really helpful um, option, especially totally. for And have that conversation with your kid, right? Like a lot of kids don't have, like know what they want and know what they need, but they don't necessarily know the language. So you might have a kiddo that's coming up to you and saying like, I need hormones. And what they're talking about very likely is if they're young is puberty blockers, right? Like, because well, exactly. that's what their friends yeah, the kid are, I- are taking. Yeah. The kid I talked to yesterday, like they hadn't done their sex ed unit yet Mm -hmm. about puberty. So, um, you know, he asked, what can I do about my voice? Right. Which I mean, for a 12 year old, like a lot of the boys and girls and still all sound pretty much the same. Voices haven't, haven't really started dropping yet. Yeah. To us. Um, but you know, I explained, well, you know, testosterone will help with that. And he, didn't know what testosterone was. So I explained that and estrogen and right. So just kind of having this talk with your kid and making sure they have the language again, it kind of just all goes back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you would add? Yeah. Jester's drinking really loudly in the background and I apologize. I just heard it. Why does she drink for so long? She's a big girl. Actually, she drinks more water She's than any dog I've ever met. Yeah, hi. Hi there. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, she heard her name. <laughs> anyway, do you have anything to add? No, I'll, yeah. No, I would just say, like, yeah, challenge these ideologies that the damaging ones that are coming into these classes, like, they do come through kids a lot of times like like kids don't know what they're saying a lot of times right so choosing not to educate because you don't want to give them the language to be mean is not kind of that doesn't work because they don't know what they're saying they don't they need to understand the words they're using and that includes when they're bullying so like one thing that I like to do if I hear a younger kid being like something's gay I'm like it's two men 
loving each other? That's so interesting. Like, how do you think that this is two men loving each other? Because like, this is traffic. Like, you're saying traffic's gay, but gay means two men that love each other, right? So it's like, you have to break them down. My my dad literally did that to me when I was like 11, except like he used the whole happy definition. Because when, yeah, yeah, saying that's gay was huge, huge when I was like, late elementary junior high is everything like that's gay but I said I don't even know what I said it in reference to he's like oh really it's super happy I'm like well no it's dumb right and like that's that's the yeah. thing an ally even before I'd come out good job, good job dad. dad good job <laughs> Becca's dad <laughs> it's really funny watching our demographics on Spotify and there'll be like it breaks it down by like male, female, like non-binary and like different age groups. And there'll be like one male, like 50 to 65. I'm like, hey dad. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. We have him as a guest. Because oh listen, God. like this queer, like dads of queer kids, it's a really important topic, right? Like you had Tuval on. That's so true. like, hey. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, if you take nothing else from this episode, if you fast forwarded to like the end, we say gay. Yeah. Yeah. That's my Yeah. On your last point, like kids parrot what they hear from their parents or from other people or TV, like they just kind of parrot it. So a lot of times they don't understand what they're saying. So use it as an opportunity for education. Exactly. And if you don't have capacity to do it, call us. That is what we're here for, or other agencies like ours, because we have the language and we have capacity and we can walk you through it. And we're happy to do that because we have to stick up for these kiddos. Yeah. Even if you're one of our non-Albertan listeners, and there are some in like, you know, Texas and I don't think in Florida, but. Hey, you can email us anytime and we can chat about this. Like, I think it's a really important conversation and Becca and I are chomping at the bit to have it in a way that we can kind of say our really strong opinions. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Queer Halftime has an Instagram that you can DM. It's also got our link tree with an email uh, and the links to all of the different platforms you can find us on. Yeah. So. Give us a message. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, what's your, your queer joy this week, Kelsey? I'm making you go first. Oh God. Um, my queer joy <laughs> is that when this episode releases, because they release on Wednesdays in case you are just tuning in, um, I will be two days away from my move and three days away from the drag show. Which there you go. Is both my queer joy and my queer stress. <laughs> so I'm very excited. There's a lot going on in my life. I am doing a lot right now, it feels like. And I am just kind of ready to not be surrounded by boxes. So that's my queer joy. It's short, it's simple, it's to the point. And it really represents how quick my brain is moving today. There you What's go. yours? Yeah. Mine, I mentioned it before we started recording, but I went to Habitat for Humanity yesterday and picked up a really cute dresser <gasps> for like oh. super cheap, which is great. Cause at this point, most 
of my furniture, probably like 60% is used. So yeah, because I, I love antique furniture. It's it's really mm. nice. Also very expensive. It can be, yeah, but it's yeah. usually really well built. Totally, so, totally. Yeah, but you can go like to antique stores or Habitat for Humanity or similar places or Facebook and- Marketplace, which I've gotten a couple things, Kijiji, um, you know. <laughs> I love Facebook Marketplace. I do too. There's oh. some weird people, but there's some cool stuff. Yep. I see Shadow in the background's board. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> good episode, guys. Bye. Speaking of good episode, thank you so much for joining us. Did you like my segue there? I thought it was pretty good. It was really good. <laughs> uh, be kind to yourself and others, and we will see you next week. Bye. Have a great week. Bye.